Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Discussing the gist of NXT, and I will be somewhat discussing AEW because I figured I'd be fair. Wednesday night wars continue. AEW NXT. Let's see. I'll start off with AEW first because I want to kind of introduce the viewers, you know, to a new brand of professional wrestling, all elite wrestling. Results tonight, which you know, literally AEW. You know, we discussed that with Lady Lynn, so hang on a minute. Anyways, as I was saying, AEW, all elite professional wrestling, Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, Omega. You know, it just... Okay, so I'm not going to read the blogs, folks. I'm just going to read the results according to Forbes. Oh. Okay, so... On the 5th of February... AEW Dynamite results. News and notes after MJF gives Cody 10 brutal lashings. And a partridge and a pear tree. So, okay... In the end, Cody valiantly took the 10 lashes as Cody continues to endear himself to AEW's fan base. I don't think that's all that happened, folks. Come on, there's got to be more than that, according to Forbes.com. But we, folks here at Off the Rails Uncensored and Wrestle Radio Network, are going to give you the uh, full report, not mandatory laughs. Good Lord, man. What kind of crap are you giving me? No, 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 no. Okay, so looks like it opened up with Moxley. Making his way through the crowd. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to let Lady Lynn give the gist of it. We're really gonna, You know what? It'll be a recap and then some because she's doing really good at her studying of AEW. So, Moxley made his way through the crowd with an upgraded eye patch. Is everyone trying to be a pirate or a Raiders fan? This is pretty cool. Ortiz, and this was the same song, blah, blah, blah. Jericho surprised us with his presence. So Jericho comes out. Looks like majority of inner circle is going to stay out there as commentary. So Santana joins Ortiz. Go figure. <clears throat> Moxley versus Ortiz with Santana. Big shocker there. So let's see here. So as long as Moxley's in the ring, Jericho will be watching. So the crowd starts chanting Moxley's name. As the match continues, see, it's a lot easier if I could watch this shit, but Moxley <clears throat> broke out of a camel clutch. That used to be a same finisher of a Iron Sheik. 
Moxley, let's see here, tried to get a submission victory with a figure four. <laughs> Another shot at the supposed co- or the company that breaks the fourth wall constantly, WWE. Anyways, I'll get through this review. So, <clears throat> looks like Moxley hits a suicide dive. Nothing different, I see. Later down the road, Ortiz would hit a tumbleweed suicide dive. Is that even a thing? Yeah, it is a thing. Okay. Moxley ends up winning the match after a miscommunication between Ortiz and Santana. Hit the stat version, the paradigm shift. Sorry, folks. Had to take a breather here. <clears throat> All right. After the match, looks like Santana tried to get a beat on John Moxley, but that didn't quite work. <clears throat> Let's see here. And it took the car key to Chris Jericho, gifted him. Holy crap, and jammed into the eye of Santana. An eye for an eye. Oh, my. SCU versus Best Friends with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is quite the catch, man. If you haven't watched this dude, he's quite funny. He literally puts his hands in his pockets and does wrestling maneuvers. whoop de doo I don't think anybody else does it. So if you say whoop-de-doo, my friend, someone's jealous. Frankie Kazarian and Trent start off with some chain wrestling. Boring. Okay. Chain wrestling is quite the entertainment value if you live in England. And I don't mean that in the mean way to my uh, UK friends. It's just chain wrestling is taken more seriously in Japan, England. There's different versions of it. You get the gist. So it looks like SCU won the match. Dark Order. Oh, Jesus. Maxwell Jacobs, Freeman, and Cody Rhodes. Okay. Britt Baker versus Yuka Sakazaki. No clue who these are. I mean, Yuka's probably known all over Japan from AJW and New Japan. The winner was Yuka Sakazaki. The Elite versus Butcher Blade and Lucha Brothers. Well, all I can tell you folks is, let's see here. Nick Jackson is taking out a majority of opposition. Come on, young bucks. Butcher Blade and the Lucha Brothers won. Okay. Kenny Omega was interviewed after the match, but Pac and Repton didn't hurt Rio. In the match, Pac said, Nyla Rose on Rio. Nyla and Rio will face off for the championship next week. I'm sorry if I'm giving a half-assed review, but AEW is kind of hard to follow. Um, just a little bit. Darby Allen vignette aired. Okay, so there's vignettes. And they, Joey Janela versus Kip Stadium with Penelope Ford. So they ended up backfiring because they went to the well way too many times. Joey Janela gets hit by Penelope and wins the match. So Kip Sabian. Okay, cool. Dark Order vignette. This is very odd. So, yeah, MJ Hudson has a cut of his belt to whip him, blah, blah, blah. Butcher and Blade are out after the third arm is out. MJ has Shelton. Okay. 
the entire Elite and Nightmare family come out. Wardlow unleashes Lash number nine on Cody. Okay, this is very, very awkward. In other words, there was a strap match of sorts, or a lashing that he requested. There's some six sadism involved in AEW, apparently, because it says the entire elite and nightmare family come out. Wardlow unleashes lash number nine on Cody. What is this? Take a number of my lashes. I want to take a beating, please. I'm not trying to be totally cynical about this, but overall, I think AEW is so all over the place. They're doing a better job structuring shit and getting uh, stories together as far as Moxley and Santana and Ortiz gave the crowd something to look forward to. I still say that AEW reminds me a lot of WCW in a lot of ways and a tad bit of ECW. And if I'm going to make modern-day company comparisons... Probably back when uh, CZW was running with Moxley briefly, and that was for a brief hiccup. A hardcore element of sticking a key on someone's eye to gimmick that's kind of, how do I put this? It was a good story. I'm trying to be insincere. That was that moment. And I just, I'm sorry, but reading this shit, okay, so Cody and Maxwell, Jacob Friedman are out. MJF demands that Cody give him his belt to whip him. Um, that's very disturbing, even if it's gimmicked or not, and I don't know how to, well, I do know how to word this. You're asking someone, even if it's gimmicked or not, to literally take your belt off and say, hey, whip my ass like a child. Oh, yeah, I went there. That's very, very odd. That's a very odd way of saying hey, let's have a good old-fashioned strap match. If that's not stealing from WWE or that's not stealing from anyone, everyone, any company could have a strap match. But seriously, after the Royal Rumble, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan. So I guess, Cody, um, I don't know what the uh, purpose of this is. Other than the fact that two best friends have sick, sick minds and wanting to give it the whole, I'm going to be giving you my belt so you can kick my ass with it. Yeah, that makes total sense, said no one ever. And then MJF shouts, but Arn can't help him. Masterclass by MJF as he screams, telling Cody to quit. Justin is out after strike five. He wants to take the rest of the strikes, but Maxwell says, that's not how this works. The entirely a nightmare family come out. There's way too many factions in AEW. Now an out of alliance with Hawk and, and Nyla Rose. Um I wanna and Omega and Riho. Riho and Omega have a withstanding relationship from New Japan. But if I'm looking at this from a cynical point of view or a critic's point of view, how long has uh, Pac and Nyla Rose been friends? And how long has Rio and Omega been friends? I mean, I don't know how to assess this other than 
you need to structure your shit better so that fans are not going, what in the actual hell has been going on? And if someone criticizes me through Instagram about not being very open to the stories of a- that AEW is presenting, the only ones that are consistent is Cody, Moxley, Jericho, Santana, Ortiz. The tag team division is a joke in AEW. Private party? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Nope. Not having it. They are. They have been referenced as the skinny versions of Harlem Heat, ripoffs of Primetime, and also add a touch of Double Your Pleasure with Velveteen Dream. And you get Private Party, originally from House of Glory. Um, I don't know. You know, they're they're decorated. They are decorated tagging, but I've seen them in House of Glory. I have seen their shit in AEW. I am just not a fan. That's all I'm going to leave it at. I'm not going to be, you know, totally cynical about two people that I have briefly seen perform in New York. And uh, other than that, oh, yeah, since it started a new time for my show, because I haven't been able to do my show, this is just a temporary time. Go back to 1130 in a couple of weeks. I'm just trying these times out to see how well I can gauge an audience and not bore you all to tears. So, to sum up AEW, what's the famous saying from Hurricane Helms? What's up with that? My sentiment entirely towards dynamite tonight. Come on. Yes, it was entertaining to see someone jam a key or gimmick it down someone's eye and be like an eye for an eye funny to me because I'm, you know, I myself find that very entertaining, but that's just, you know, I see very many things differently than others, you know, from a different perspective when it comes to professional wrestling. Now, on to NXT. Some might say... That NXT is transforming. Well, I hate to be the um, Captain Obvious of this moment, but yes, professional wrestling is always changing, always evolving, and that is the dub moment of the night. See, off the rails uncensored. Around here, we have no fucking filters. We are carefree, and we express our thoughts on what happened and transpired tonight's event, you know, you know, NXT live at full sale. Gotta say, man, Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve. Wow. Um, the moment tonight with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, the ever-so-famed daughter of Ric Flair, Yes, Flair tonight, folks, actually showed up on NXT, and some of you were speculating that she was not going to show up tonight on tonight's airing of NXT. This doesn't end up being one big teaser, I guess, if you will. By teaser, I mean Charlotte Flair is completely... Well, she didn't answer tonight, so I don't know if she qualified uh, what happened and transpired tonight as a teaser. 
And folks, yeah, Charlotte won the Royal Rumble this year. I was there in Houston, Texas, and I haven't gotten to express to you how much I've missed the fans from UK, Australia. We love you. You guys have been through a lot. And I'm sure those of you who watch professional wrestling appreciate, you know, all the uh well all the help you've gotten from not just WWE but random donors uh remain anonymous or they were not so anonymous and just helped out entirely. So we love you guys. Italy <laughs> Taipei, Taiwan, how you doing? Mexico City, we love you. Of course, you know, Argentina, Canada. We love you all. You know, thank you for listening to us. So that was a brief pause in this crazy world we know as professional wrestling podcast host. So to continue tonight, it was just crazy that Charlotte Flair actually showed up in the arena tonight. Because sometimes, folks, wrestling could care less about what the fans think. They, that's how it used to be. I mean, some fans are always going to be satisfied, and some fans like me are always going to question and say why you know, as a former worker, why, how, what was the purpose, you know. Sometimes you just watch. And tonight was one of those nights. Tyler Breeze versus Jordan Devlin. Man alive, I want to see these two go at it in NXT UK. I definitely, you know, I know Jordan Devlin's a part of the main roster. They're kindly, kindly fusing together the NXT UK and NXT rosters and Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Breeze. Wow. Um, we also saw Undisputed Era getting unhinged, if you will, trying to find Tommaso Ciampa. You witnessed an unlikely alliance between Bianca Belair and, uh, well, Rhea Ripley. Big shocker there. So, I have a lot to clump together in a bit of a clusterfuck kind of way, if you will. Maybe not that. I should rephrase it. I have a lot of thoughts on tonight's NXT, and they're not bad. There's actually zero question marks tonight, and it was a brilliant, brilliant show. So, without further ado, folks, if you have children under the age of 14, um, well, they're minors. The following podcast segment is not suitable for children under the age of 14. Off the Rails Uncensored features expletives throughout my entire show. If these kids repeat what I just said on my show, and I'm going to tell you, your kids are fucking stupid. If they repeat exactly what I say, <clears throat> we are not liable or responsible for what gets repeated outside these airwaves from Russell Radio Network or Off the Rails Uncensored. Off the Rails Uncensored is a coined segment that was created on March 7, 2016 by yours truly, Brian freaking Rails. Or actually, that's kind of taken from someone. Brian fucking, I don't even know what. Everyone uses the F-bomb when they try to introduce themselves, so just Brian Rails, okay? Any further reproduction or dissemination or likeness thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored, you will be 
prosecuted to the fullest extent in the court of law. You will also be fined $45 per each usage of the title or likeness thereof of off the rails and censored. Okay, enough fucking babbling. Buckle up, fuckers. It's time to get inside my head. I'm not responsible if I offend you, make you laugh, shit your pants. It doesn't matter. It's off the rails, uncensored. Dig it. Look in my eyes. What do you see? The Okay, folks, so tonight's show from Full Sail University, full of action, full of hype. And actually, you know what? It lived up to more than just hype, man. It was the real deal. So, what exactly did NXT bring to the table that AEW did not? Okay, I showed you my bias because let me tell you something. I give everybody a fair shake. Kind of caught glimpses of AEW and also read the report, which I know Lady Lynn's corner with AEW is going to be probably, you know, actually it will be slightly different than mine. And she will give her insight on AEW on Mondays. Anyways, back to uh, Off the Rails Uncensored. Shall I? Shall we? A better description, man. Okay. Anyways, so tonight was again, you know, with Angel Garza, you know, showing highlights of him taking out Humberto Carrillo and Rey Mysterio. I just wanted to not, you know, I I just I think it's cool, you know, that Angel Garza is you know working both Raw and NXT. It is only because. You know, Andrade has failed the wellness test, which I don't know what's in the water, what's going on, but seems like, you know, not only him failed, but Samoa Joe. So, shit happens. We're all human. But if they, uh, it happens again, then you start wondering, what the fuck? Anyway, so Andrade seeing Alice's door closed, so one open for Angel Garza to debut on Raw. If you don't know who Angel Garza is, He's directly related to Hector Garza. The Garzas come from a long family of success. Oh, yes. Uh, Casey Catanzaro versus uh, Mercedes Martinez. All the matches from top to bottom were really, really awesome. So, Donovan Dijkovic. Let's see. Who else? Ah, Killian Dane. You want to talk about two bohemians going out at two towers of terror? Yeah, these two. These two. Feast your eyes, you know, one, two, three. Killian Dane loses, but I mean, not before 
hitting a crossbody, and you know, he just for a big dude, Killian Dan can fucking move. And for you know, a big dude, Donovan Dijakovic can also move. I was kind of at a loss for words how the ring didn't break under those two. They're not fat asses by any means. They are athletes, and what I mean by I'm surprised the ring didn't break, with all that high-octane offense between Dane and Dijakovic, wow, uh, is all I can tell you to describe that match. Wow, you know, a Tyler Breeze match with Jordan Devlin. The Irish ace. Now, if it was for the Cruiserweight Championship match, I wouldn't be surprised if Worlds collided again because at Worlds Collide, it was a fatal four-way. And it was definitely interesting to see near fall after near fall after near fall. That match almost lasted about 30, 35 minutes. It may have felt a little bit longer but or shorter, but... It didn't bore people. I mean, I thought, you know, a cruiserweight match for sure between Tyler Breeze, it may have been short-lived. But you know what? Tyler Breeze put up a fight. So, I guarantee you, it might. this match might happen again in NXT UK or a UK takeover. Breeze? I mean, this dude... Ever since he's been back in NXT, I feel that he's been given great opportunity. You know, when he was on main, is a comedic role. It still sometimes can be on NXT when it's with Fandango, when Brizongo actually, you know, as a tag team, they use him sometimes for tag team matches. But I felt like his match tonight with Devlin stood out to me and probably other fans of NXT because... Even when they went to commercial break, you're wondering, oh, is it a match in? Are we going to see a highlight package? No. I mean, there was a lot of holy shit moments. There's a lot of, my God, I can't believe this match is still going on. Prince Pretty is doing his damnedest to show, hey, I'm here to stay. I'm going to give you guys a damn good match. And that's pretty much all you can ask from a worker, from a wrestler, sorry. I'm not, you know, trying to use worker terminology, but you know what? I'm used to it. Forgive me. Sigh. Okay, so what other matches kind of took the cake? I mean, yeah, the undisputed. Let's, you know, let's skip to the main event, shall we? Because this is going to take the majority of the night. So you see undisputed era. In the back, basically being, you know, Undisputed Era. They took out Bronson Reed, Kushida. There's probably two random dudes from Evolve sitting there in the barber chair and getting a haircut or whatever, the stylist. And, uh, well, they were looking for Tommaso Ciampa. They couldn't quite find him until he was in the production truck. And... To tell you the truth, guys, Undisputed Era, they really, I I know it's a good thing they have not changed because they're such a cohesive unit. See, that's one faction in NXT. There is no 
other faction, maybe, okay, there's the Forgotten Sons, but pretty much I'm trying to guess any other group or faction that's in NXT. See, I, the most faction-heavy, I believe, is over in NXT UK. Gallus, Imperium, Grizzled Young Veterans is not a group that's a tag team. But then you have, you know, like I said, Gallus and Imperium. Um, let's see who else. Ah, yes, British Strong Style. So there's, there's three. I don't, as long as there's not like six or seven groups, then I'm good. But anyways, Undisputed Era really hasn't evolved, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that if they do end up going to main roster, a lot of people speculate um, they're probably going to split. But that'd be stupid because if they stay together, that actually might help them. Because if you look at their size, holy hell, they've got skill. I'm not saying that Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, or Roderick Strong, or Adam Cole do not have skill. Because obviously they wouldn't be in position to be where they're at. What I am going to say to you is, the question remains, in the near future, when Undisputed gets called up, I'll leave it up to them, you know, whoever the agents are that decide, okay, let's call them up, it's time. It's, or one, singular, we all know who it is, and I'm not going to be a total mark and be like, okay, yeah, sure. So, what I'm going to say next is Undisputed. A very fascinating group. Kind of like if you blend together NWO, Four Horsemen, D Generation X. Eh, you know, just like the modern day DX. The New Age Outlaws would be Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, Shawn Michaels, Adam Cole, Hunter, Roderick Strong. Oh, I'm sorry if I compared him to the CEO of the company and the man who's literally main evented WrestleMania several, several times. Right? But tonight, you know one of my favorite things to see in wrestling and that's a brawl I'm sorry if I stammer over my word block folks it's because my train of thought is I come home from work I try to piece together a show and voila here it is so anyways as I was saying before the match was even made my gosh man you want bedlam you want complete and utter bedlam Broserweights, Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle. They were not having any of Tommaso Ciampa getting his ass beat. Tommaso Ciampa, you know, he's been saying for weeks, Adam Cole took what was his. See, Ciampa had to relinquish his championship before his surgery. And no one ever thought they'd see him again. Sometimes guys come back early from injuries. And 
Some of you are asking, do you think Ciampa came back too early? Again, I don't know. I'm just, you know, an observer, just like the rest of you, a fan, if you will. If you will. From what I've observed, I think Ciampa's doing just fine. I think he, with his running knee, he may have uh, tweaked it a little. But, uh, like I said, I just observe and I see what I see, and I love the fact that these gentlemen are beating the fuck out of each other. Even you know, if they best of friends and they shake hands and they watch shit together, play video games, it doesn't matter. This is one of the nights in NXT where I have not felt like there's anything that I can be cynical about, critical about. It just was straight up a damn good wrestling show. And that's what I like about watching tonight's show or any NXT stuff. They always have consistent stories. They always reach out to whatever audience members like. And yes, wrestling fans nowadays, they will chant for one side, boo the other. These are the same fuckers that they boo undisputed. And they cheer them. And they boo them. But anyways, enough about there was a brawl that ensued between, you know, Tommaso Ciampa and Undisputed. Outside, that worked its way inside. And then, okay, so Ciampa, you know, he bit off more than he could chew. They spray-painted his back. And this was post-match, after the fact that Roderick Strong got involved for the umpteenth time. I believe Undisputed didn't give two flying fucks about the result. Yeah, it was great. It was gimmicked. Kind of like how when Randy Savage had yellow spray paint sprayed down his back back in the day with New World, you know, NWO. The only difference is, folks, nobody had a clue who was coming out. Especially when the oculars lined up and it said 2020 on the oculars. So I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool that Velveteen Dream returned. So that moment, you know, made me believe that NXT is slowly but surely putting the pieces to the puzzle back together. That they were missing. There's, even without Velveteen, man, these guys, NXT, the black and gold brand of WWE, they're not running on autopilot by any means necessary. What WWE is able to do is, okay, we're missing Velveteen. Here's Gargano. We're missing Gargano. Out of nowhere comes Finn Balor. So, to me, it's just. They just keep adding and adding pieces. This never-ending amazing puzzle. And if you're not, I mean, if you're not a fan of NXT, that's fine. Uh, if you prefer wrestling that doesn't have structure, I mean, in some areas, and actually a lot of areas, go watch AEW. AEW is the type of show that caters to those who wish to be fluffed. In some areas of their wrestling. In other areas, you know, 
having stuff, the violence, that can last you only so long, too. So my thing is, one waits to save that violence for a takeover. You know, if there's a last man standing match between Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole, I won't be surprised. And also, you know, Bianca Belair versus uh, Rhea Ripley at NXT TakeOver. I don't know if Charlotte's going to go back to NXT for a brief hiccup, or is this going to be one of those she screws one or the other and the other reigns champion, or the other uh, wins the championship? I think a lot of people would love to see Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. But we're not the powers that be. But so far, folks, I mean, NXT is delivered to a point where I don't even want to miss a Wednesday night show. Now, if it were Mondays, Mondays gotten a little better. You know, they kind of have to before WrestleMania, because if they don't, holy fuck, it's going to suck is all I have to say. Because there's been, there have been take-home Raws and take-home SmackDown Lives that have sucked donkey dick. There, I said it. Okay? If I'm being a little bit too overdramatic or overcompensating for what a show truly is, oh well, I'm just being 100% honest. Because let's face it, NXT tonight could easily go into the books of this was what a wrestling show this is what a wrestling show looks like versus WWE Raw which eh, I guess it's a show that's the overall feel but trying not to go back and forth between subject matters but I can't help it WWE NXT ever since it's been going on USA Network some people may say well Forbes doesn't capture the essence of AEW. Tonight, I believe if Forbes was doing a review, the Velveteen Dreams return actually would have helped because once upon a dream, you know, the Undisputed Era puts Dream on the shelf, and now Prince is back, man. The man who literally gave Tommaso Ciampa a run for his money at TakeOver War Games. The man who was a part of TakeOver War Games with Ricochet and Aleister Black. The man who makes every fan go, holy shit, man, I want to try that. Because his presence on the black and gold brand makes a damn bit of difference, you best believe. So to see him tonight in kind of like an odd, you know, Videotron type thing where the oculars lined up and then it, you know, it aligned in the shape of his sunglasses that you see on his T-shirt. And you're like, oh, Velveteen. And there's kind of a sting moment without the baseball bat, if you will, or a vigilante coming in to save the uh, distressed. Wow, I'm starting to pick up on Mauro Ronello's sense of smarts. That's kind of odd. Although I've never at the level of Mauro, that's pretty cool. 
in a long psycho babble way of what I am trying to convey to you all. Thank you, Velveteen fucking dream. You, my friend, returning tonight on NXT at Full Sail made me go, damn, we, we missed you because now you've got Gargano, Balor, Ciampa, Undisputed, which we've always had Undisputed for at least the last three fucking years. And that's not a bad thing because they give flavor to the show. If not, you're going to have to come up with some other faction, and we know Forgotten Sons. We know them. We don't know if they're going to be the same level as Undisputed. That's the thing. All right? I didn't yawn on purpose because if I would, it'd be a little bit more blatant and a little bit more obvious. All right? So... There's a lot of falsies in the, in the finish, you know, in the main event. Sorry. I'm crossing up my fucking terms. There's a lot of ah uh, moments, you know, with Matt Riddle hitting suplex after suplex, being a one-man wrecking crew, as Beth Phoenix put it. It was three-on-three. Three. Okay, so Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole versus Ciampa, Riddle, and Pete Dunne. I just got to point this out. I mean, it was, it's a really good story when you know that you want to beat the fuck out of Undisputed or you, you know, you want someone to come out to the aid of Tommaso Ciampa. Well, once upon a dream, there was a Velveteen. God, I'm terrible with puns, but you know what? It was worth it. This is going to be a damn good Portland takeover. And and this is, you know, if you don't have a network, folks, please understand, man, NXT is the only reason why I kept mine, all right? That's the only, only reason why I keep this. Because NXT takeovers, I've been to a lot. I've been to all four Brooklyn takeovers. Because, let's see, SummerSlam, Mania, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. So it's one through three, and then TakeOver for Mania is four. So actually, yeah, TakeOver four. I have been to several TakeOvers. I went to actually the World, well, World Collide's not the same as an NXT TakeOver UK or stateside. But I can tell you folks, if you do not have the WWE Network, get your asses in gear, sign up, it is free your first month, so you can get thousands upon thousands of hours of network footage from W, not just NXT or WWE's main roster or WCW or ECW. You can get WCCW, AWA, NWA, Smoky Mountain Pro, ICW, PCW, Evolve. See the superstars of today before they became superstars, you know, Ring of Honor. CZW, New Japan. The list goes on and on. You can see superstars like Shinsuke Nakamura, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Zia Lee. You'll see a lot of superstars you're not familiar with. And besides, you know, you can even look up names like William Regal, Johnny Saint. 
The list goes on and on, folks. And if you don't have a valid debit or credit card, you can go to your local GameStop, Dollar Generals, FYE, 7-Elevens, Walmart. Sign up today, folks. That preloaded card works for three months. You get four months. It's only twenty nine ninety seven. If you don't have the means of going to any of those places and you prefer online and don't like the contact of human, the human population, I do not blame you. But you can visit the WWE website, get your network key card. Once you get in, you can wait for, you know, five to seven business days, five to seven business days. Standard shipping of $6.99, two-day ground shipping of $11.99, and $21.99 for expedited shipping. I mean, one day. All right, folks, that's you heard it first on the WWE Network, and that wraps up the advertisements. Oh, before I lied. If you would like to attend a wrestling school, world-famous Monster Factory in Paulsbury, New Jersey is calling your name. I mean, I just said world-famous. You know, they've trained, well, this factory has trained Sheamus, Matt Riddle, Steve Cutler, Abby Ortiz. The list goes on, folks. Cody Vance. And let's see who else. Oh, yes. Famous graduates include... I just listed them. What more do you want from me? King Kong Bundy, the Headbangers. Uh, the Godfather. Sonny, the Body Donnas. Balls Mahoney. This goes on. John Cone. So, invest in yourself and become a professional wrestler today at the world famous Monster Factory. For any more questions, please visit the website of www.monsterfactory.org. Do not email the office. There is a phone number located directly on the website from monsterfactory.org. Folks, this school is the real deal. I've been to two, uh, two super camps. Met some very big names. Well, let's see here. You don't know who's going to show up today in Super Camps, and I don't know if he still does them. But if you have any questions, do not call during the hours of 7 a.m. till 3 or whatever. But the phone number is located directly on the website on monsterfactory.org. Have any questions, you know, like I said, the number is located directly on the website. It's even on the vehicle. Hey, Monster Factory does birthdays. They do special things, you know, for the community. And they they have full houses, man, every time. They do really good, you know, Danny Cage is an amazing dude. And he gets, well, I'm sure he gets a lot of credit from his students because he's one one hell of a dude. He'll be 100% honest with you. And if you can't handle his honesty... I don't know what to tell you. But anyways, invest in yourself. Become a professional wrestler. Learn how to become a professional wrestler, commentator, ring announcer, manager, referee. It'll train you all. If you're willing to invest in yourself, take the time to go to school, train as much as you can, and get as much as you can out of it. Okay? See if it's for you, man. Invest in yourself today. Monsterfactory.org. Dig it.
Uh, let's see here. Where was I? Ah, yes. Once upon a dream, there was a velveteen, and he was awesome. He kicked ass, and he took names. I mean, he literally, one by one, took each undisputed member and just completely just destroyed him. It was great. It was great. You know, i got 11 minutes left to discuss why it was so great that there was a build. There was, like, a crescendo, which is what a wrestling show is supposed to have. The way they started off tonight, uh, there's some moments with Isaiah Swerve is one hell of an athlete. Let me tell you that right now. But now Angel Garza, you know, challenges Jordan Devlin is in the same building. At least Jordan Devlin didn't come running out of the curtain, running down that ramp, I should say, in NXT and, you know, starting a fight with Garza. It is interesting that somebody's working both, you know, an NXT schedule and WWE Raw schedule. We don't know for how long, but we all know that Andrade has got to come back sometime and prove that he can be clean, which shouldn't be hard. I mean, it's WWE. There's a lot of exceptions to the rules when it comes to certain things. I don't know the wellness policy there, but actually that's a lie. There's not a lot of exceptions. You either clean or you're not. So I know this. That's kind of how every company works. If you're not able to function and do the job you're supposed to, then why bother coming, right? Not like he killed someone or just made a, you know, complete mockery of the business on social media. No, sir. Not a damn thing. Not a fingerprint left at the crime scene. Anyways. Tonight's show was a crescendo. Started off a little bit mild, and as it went along, it got better with the matches. The intensity was there. I sound like a fucking American Idol judge, but wow. Tonight's show proved why it is the best. Despite what some people say, there's always going to be divisions of, well, AEW is better because they actually capture the real emotion of professional wrestling. I call bullshit. What they capture is how can you confuse a crowd into, you know, let's rope them putting Nyla Rose against Riho. And this is why I get a little bit ticked with their show. There's the feeling that they get babied. The audience does. Let's give Riho the championship because she's the underdog. She can beat Nyla Rose because let's do the David versus Goliath gimmick. It's not impossible for Asuka to beat Nyla Rose. It's definitely not impossible for Becky Ro- or Becky Rose, Becky Lynch, to beat Nyla Rose. They, that actually would be more believable as, you know, small versus big. But Riho, let's face it, 
Gurley needs to eat. You want me uh like the distinction between tonight's show Dynamite versus tonight's show NXT. Both try to put on a show for their audience, so that got they got that going for them. That's an obvious. One on the other hand has stories or feuds. Well, okay, let's state the obvious. Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole. Gargano, Balor. These guys, those four that I just mentioned, versus Moxley versus Jericho. That one, actually, I want to see. But Hawk, Omega, saw that in the very first pay-per-view of AEW. It was a it was a match in which I, you know, it all depends on how you take it, folks. Paradigm shift is basically the double arm underhook DDT. What I'm trying to get at is these rivalries comparing to one another. The stories in WWE have more structure with Ciampa and Cole, Gargano and Balor versus Moxley and Jericho, Rhodes and Jericho. It just needs AEW. All it really needs is what Danny Cage stated on his show. It's not that they're bad workers. By any stretch of the means, there's nobody that could ever touch what Chris Jericho did, and then some, because Jericho is a phenomenal competitor. However, you know, if I'm going to suggest something to AEW, it's can you put a you know security lock around? Okay, who's feuding with whom? Nobody's going to face each other the same fucking time. It's not going to be the same repetitive match. I get it. I get it. Right? There's going to be different looks in professional wrestling. That's fine. But, dear Lord, get your factions in order. Do not, do not, put too many factions in the pot although that's too late for you guys because you've got Brandy Rhodes and her group, you've got Cody Rhodes and his group, you've got Dark Order, you've got the Inner Circle. Holy shit Batman, that's way too many factions for us to keep up with. Our wrestling brains can't take it anymore. So in other words keep it simple stupid Do not try and complicate so that fans, us fans, can be like, okay, cool. Also, dude, I'll just say this out loud, and it'll probably make me a lot of enemies, but Jesus Christ. You guys brag about selling out arenas, do you? Why don't you try your hand at uh, Madison Square Garden? I'm sure they wouldn't mind AEW. I'm sure. But you know what? Here's the thing. Do you notice the difference between WWE and AEW? On the main roster, I can say this. Main roster tries, you know, for the big arenas like Madison Square Garden, Barclays, Sprint Center, arenas that can hold over 20,000 people. Should they hold up in an arena site setting? Because, I mean, they're only selling, you know, like, their live shows, 4,500 seat capacity. 
they had to put more seats out at one event because, well, they're brand new. They're the new shiny toy. WWE has been around for 70-plus years. You might be asking yourselves why I have such bias. It's because I have seen this shit before. It's called WCW ECW. Just combine the fucking two and you get, oh, with a little bit of New Japan's violence added to it, you get AEW. Diamond Dallas Page, Hangman Page. No, not because they're last names, but because, well, very similar style and, you know, the way they wrestle. Uh, that's Hangman Page and uh, Diamond Dallas. Also, folks, if you notice, a lot of WCW's former coat writers, Tony Schiavone, Diamond Dallas Page, Chris Jericho, Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. Well, Cody wasn't even in WCW, but Dustin was. Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, Billy Gunn, you know. Also, I've never seen a crew of oldies but goodies still get in the ring. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. Arn, I love you to death, dude. But I kind of wonder when's going to be the breaking point for you, Flair, and Blanchard. Because you guys love the sport so much. I'm not saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but it's kind of a concern, man, because Arn's pretty cool. So is, well, so is Tully, I was just about to say. It just, it makes you wonder what move is it going to take to get them out of the ring? Who knows? There's way too many people in AEW's roster. I know they go a different night and do a different show, but Jesus Christ. Something's got to give. NXT, you want to know what makes them so great? Do they sell out wholesale all the time? No, what makes them great is their stories are consistent. Fans can keep up with their shit. AEW shit's so fucking diluted. Some, actually, not sometimes. It's all the time. It's hard to follow. Some of the workers don't even look like fucking workers. Where's your training facility at? Where in the fuck it? Have you seen any advertisements of where AEW guys and gals train? No. They have open contracts so they can train at any one of their schools. That's great. Um, Where's the evidence of where you train? Because you can't just hop in a wrestling ring and go, oh, I'm going to do this move, that move this, that, the other, and you're going to fucking take it. There's got to be somewhere where you fuckers train. Come on. That's my other thing is there's the Performance Center in Orlando. There's a WWE Performance Center in Houston, Atlanta. They're practically going to be planted all over the state site, and then, then some, you know, also for NXT UK, they've got a training facility there as well. So there are pros and cons to watching AEW. There are pros and cons when you watch NXT. You don't know who the fuck's going to show up through NXT's doors. That's the brilliant part. You want, as an audience member, to feel like there's some kind of fucking mystery of 
okay, who's what's going to happen? Oh, I don't know. I like that versus, well, we know Lana and Liv Morgan are going to go at it again. Woohoo. Or we know Lashley is going to basically essentially start beating somebody worthy instead of just mid-carding the entire fucking week. So, yes, SmackDown Live, though, on the other hand, is ten times way, way better than Raw. Raw was kind of eh, whatever. But now, now we've got people floating between rosters, so it makes it all the more interesting. Some say WWE's desperate. Yeah, desperate times call for desperate measures. Are they going to ever admit on air about that? No. They're not desperate. They're just finding ways to adjust and keep adding pieces to their puzzle. And if Charlotte Flair gets added to that puzzle, holy hell, that's going to be very fairly interesting, to say the least, if that happens between her and Rhea Ripley at Mania 36 at Raymond James Stadium. By the way, folks, WrestleMania tickets are now available through every third-party site and also WWE and Ticketmaster.com. Travel packages are now available online on WWE.com. Be sure to get your ticket and make memories. Once-in-a-lifetime WrestleMania, folks. I've been to nine. This will be number nine. Actually, I can do the perfect ten, but you can't see that I'm doing it. I'll be going with a buddy of mine. Shout-outs to Chris Coulter. If you're listening, my friend, this show has been broadcasted live. Uh, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rouse had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Uh, Granny, if you're listening, we all know that there's evidence now that your Chiefs did win a Super Bowl. But I, you know what? It's all fair, all fair in love and war. It's on like Donkey Kong because my Raiders are going to take the throne and dethrone the evil known as the Kansas City Queefs. Go Raiders! And two. We all know Granny's favorite team, the New York Yankees. She hates her Royals. She says she told me last night she burned a few jerseys now. Actually, not a few. She burned a whole lot. The neighbors complained. It smelled like uh, burning burning polyester. I tell you. All right. Two little bitches I got to sleep. Dig it. That was weak. Hang on a minute. Dig it. There we go. That's better. Night day, whatever. Enjoy your fun or however you share it. Dig it. Man, I'm on a roll. To all the fans listening all over the world, we love you. This is the For Real Send-Off. Dig it. Personality, the cultural personality.